This is the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast, episode number 92. My most successful trade was trading the S&P on, no, actually it was Amazon. It was trading Amazon on January 2nd of this year. I made over $35,000 in a day. Hey everybody, it's your girl Erica Williams from the Classy Climb blog. I'm a six-figure YouTube earner and the author of the book, Smartphone Millionaire, how to lend to people, real estate, and businesses from the palm of your hand. And if you're interested in the three things that changed my life over the past four years to become a six-figure YouTube earner and investor in multiple properties in multiple states, I would love for you to join me over at the Classy Climb YouTube channel. Want more money to pay off debt and increase your income? I'm Terry Egioma from Invest with Terry, and I teach an online course on how to invest in the stock market for daily or weekly returns. My seven-step strategy saves you time and erases the guesswork from trading. With these seven steps, I've earned over 16000 in a day without having a large account. Start big or small, these proven steps will increase your profits and decrease your losses. To learn more, visit itradeandtravel.com. Check out Blacker Pockets. Blacker Pockets is an online, urban, real estate investing community that teaches people the value of investing in the inner city. At Blacker Pockets, you have the ability to network with well-known, seasoned, inner city real estate investors such as Nita, Hood Estates, Charm City Buyers, and Todd Investments, where they'll be giving you tips, tricks, and strategies to successfully invest in the inner city. Check out Blacker Pockets on Instagram at Blacker Pockets. Sellerfinancingonly.com. Do you own a home, condominium, apartment building, or land free and clear? Have you ever considered selling it? Well, not just sell it. You hold the mortgage and become the bank. Welcome to the world of seller financing. Instead of the potential buyer getting a mortgage from a bank or credit union, you give them the mortgage. You set the interest rate. The buyer pays you every month for 5, 10, 15, or 30 years, whatever you and the buyer agree on. Seller financing only. Join us today. This is the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast. This is episode number 92. My name is Charles Oglesby, also known as Todd Millionaire the founder and the director of the Tide Capital Investment Club. We have over 300 members and we're going through a whole new change. So look forward to the things we're going to step into, which will allow us to help out more people. Also the founder of Tide Acquisitions. We own about eight rental properties. It's going, going, we own eight properties. They're rental properties. Some are tenant filled, some are not tenant filled, but each of them are in the transition phase of becoming tenant filled. Nevertheless, we're doing some great things over at Tide Capital, Tide Acquisitions, I'm looking to do major damage in the upcoming year. So I'm excited to see what we can kind of walk into, because quite honestly, a lot of our parents didn't own half of the rental properties that we own. So not to say anything against them, but we're doing a great work. People like the guests that we have today are doing a great work. Everything that we're doing that's different, that's progressive. It's changing the things for our people. So I'm excited to see everything we're walking into in this next um, kind of era of the African-American Renaissance. Thank you all for tuning in. The purpose of this podcast is to share the stories of successful African-American business owners and investors so that people can hear the stories of successful examples. They exist. We want people to learn that business and investing are the true keys to financial success and generational wealth. Today, 
We have a special guest. She goes by the name of Terry E.G. Oma, a.k.a. Invest mm-hmm. with Terry. She began her travels determined to just trade and enjoy herself. Um, her friends kept begging her to teach them how to uh, teach her what she knew, teach them what she knew about trading. So while she was in Thailand, she put together a quick class for those who were interested, which then scaled into a second class which happened to be in Vietnam. And then from there, even though she had no intention of building a company to teach people how to make money daily, weekly, or even monthly, she knew that she could help others live their best life through the stock market. And so she has done so. She's doing a great work. Somebody that I met through Erica Williams at the Classic Client blog. So just a shout out to her. Check her out on YouTube. But she can definitely give herself a much better introduction than I did. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. That was a great introduction. You did a good job. (laughs) So can you tell people where you're from and give them some more information about who you are? Sure. Um, So grew up in Texas, best state in the world. No, I'm just playing. (laughs) Uh, Grew up in Dallas, Texas. Um, From there, went to MIT in Massachusetts, then worked for a while in Chicago and then came back to Dallas to found a school, nevertheless, I was founding an elementary school at the time, but realized that I just really had a passion for investing and my account in investing, it was a side hustle at the time. It started getting so much bigger than my paychecks as a principal that I decided, you know what, I'm gonna quit this job and just go follow my passions. I'm gonna travel the world and trade full time. So that's what I did. And it's actually turned into like a movement. It's, It's a really great thing. This is cool. And before we even get to the whole side hustle and all that stuff, I want to talk to you about MIT because that's exceptional in itself. Um, What is it that allowed you or prepared you to go from Texas to Massachusetts and specifically MIT? You know what's crazy? I actually really give credit to my counselors at my school because I had started applying for the, for MIT, but then stopped my application. And MIT actually called my school and told my counselors, Terry didn't finish her application. And my counselors, like I had never been called into the office, but my, 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 it was my junior year. I got called over the loudspeaker. My school is huge. It had like 600 people in my class, in my senior class. Um, got called into the office and the counselors were like, look, you need to sit here and finish your application. And they would not let me leave until I finished the application. And MIT actually paid for me to come up, see the school. Cause I was content going to like a state school. I was going to go to UT. I had already talked to the basketball team. I was going to manage the basketball team, but they were like, no, you have to go. Like, you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't. So MIT actually paid for me to come visit the school. I went, sat in a science class and said, oh, I can do this. And from there, it was a wrap. Decided to go ahead and go to MIT instead of UT. So I'm assuming you did pretty well in high school. I did. I was third in my class, but to tell you the truth, I should have been first. I know exactly the one grade that messed me up. Um, but yeah, I did okay. I did pretty good in school. Nice. What did you major in in college? I majored in management. I knew going into school that I wanted to own businesses. Like I, I've always been an entrepreneur. So 
when I originally was looking at UT, I had looked at them because they were number five for undergrad business, but then found out that MIT was number two in the nation for, for business. But people don't think about that because they always think about the engineering, which is number one. But yeah, I went for business. Interestingly They enough, call it management science. Sorry. <laughs> one thing I heard you say is just that you've always been entrepreneurial. And I'm finding that a lot of people who end up becoming 100% entrepreneur are people who have always been entrepreneurial. Can you talk to mm -hmm. us about what you've done? Like, what were your early businesses? What did they look like? Oh, man. Um, I had the best candy stand in high school ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, my candy stand got to the point where I hired other, I had, well, I, uh, okay, so, okay, I recruited. I can't say I hired them, but I recruited like other students to work for me and I recruited teachers to host my candy stands in their classroom so that kids could get candy while they were in class and then I'd go around and pick up all the money. So yeah, I had, I had a pretty dope candy business in high school. That's cool. <laughs> that's, cool. That's, that's where a lot of us start is selling candy. <laughs> I definitely Man. Did you, how much did you sell your M&Ms for? Did you do like well, the pack? <laughs> you know what I, what I was, what I was doing is I would just go to, well, I found out I would do the math. I was like, man, I can go to smart and final. I can buy this box of 50 suckers or this box of like 24 shock tarts. And then, so the suckers for 25 cents a piece, but make like 10 yeah. to 15 bucks a day. And when you're in a in seventh grade, that's big money. When you're in seventh grade, you hundred bucks a week. You're, you're, you're big time. <laughs> so what I did is you balling. Yeah, so I was selling suckers. I was selling shock tarts. I like shock tarts because I could sell like less and make more because I would buy the shock tarts for like twenty five bucks, twenty five cents a piece, and then sell them for like a dollar, two dollars a piece. And it's it it really does, I guess, start the the trajectory of becoming an entrepreneur, which is important. See, you were already doing the principles of investing. You just didn't know it yet. Like you were buying low and selling high, and you. You like you already had that principle, right? And I th and I think that that makes that's that's so true, and it's really important because a lot of people think that you do have to have an MBA, have to have a law degree, have to have gone to MT MIT to understand the concept of buy low, sell high. When and so what people will do is they'll shoot themselves in the foot and they'll say, "Oh well, since I didn't do any of that other stuff, all is lost for me. I guess I'll just go ahead and get a job delivering packages and just call it a day." See, but I've learned that there's so many degree or so many ways to make money that don't take a degree. So like I became a real estate agent. You don't need a degree to, to become a real estate agent and make money. Then even in investing, if you just learn how to invest and learn how to open a brokerage account, like you can, you can do that without a degree. A lot of it is common sense and then being able to manage your emotions. And a lot of people struggle more so with just the managing emotions part. Right, man. Remind me to ask you about managing emotions. Right now, I'm going to talk to you about the very beginning of how you started investing. But I mean, just from my personal experience, I've learned that emotions are key in managing those to making money in the stock market. But before we get there, let's talk about how you started investing in the stock market. Sure. Um, it actually took me a minute to remember when I first started investing, but I was first introduced to in investing actually in high school. I went to a program at Northwestern University in Chicago and they took us to the Chicago Stock Exchange. 
So that was my first time seeing this whole new world where people were making, to me, it was ridiculous money. It could have been $10, but it was more than I had. So, <laughs> but that was my first introduction. And I remember coming home so hyped because Google had their IPO that year, but nobody in my family knew anything about investing. So like we just weren't ready. And because of that, my dreams were kind of deflated. So I started going a different route. Like I went to MIT and I saw other people investing, but I didn't know how to do it for myself. So I decided, well, I'll just become like, I'll go into marketing or I'll go into some other way to make money because I just didn't have that. Like nobody knew anything about finance coming from my world. Fast forward though, to when the stock market crashed. Um, do you remember in 2008, 2009, the stock market crashed and the housing market crashed? Well, I was going to invest in real estate because that was what I knew. But my realtor kept talking about how he was making money in the stock market. He was like, oh man, I just invested in AIG. They're coming back. So I decided to take the 35000 that I was going to put into a house and put it into the stock market. And that was my first seed into just trying to learn this investing thing. And like I said, kept going and now eventually it became bigger than my salary. So what, what were you doing? Were you buying, were you day trading? Were you swing trading? What did your strategy look like in the beginning? In the beginning, I'll tell you the truth. I didn't really know very much. So I was trying to come up with my own algorithms um, and that didn't work at all. So I was really losing money. That's what I was doing in the very beginning. I was like watching CNBC and trying to like listen to what they said. But I will tell you the truth. Until you go take some classes and actually learn it for real, it's hard to just kind of put it together by yourself. So in the very beginning, I was looking at CNBC, just thinking of companies that I liked. And so I would invest in them. But one of my biggest losses came from, from investing in a company that I thought was the best thing ever. So I really do think it's important to take classes, but I wasn't doing that in the beginning. Um, can you talk to us about investing based off of CNBC news? Have you had success yeah. doing that or how does that worked out for you? Mm. So <laughs> great question. I think that there's, I think there's a bit of a mix for me. So one, it's really hard to listen to other people's opinions because a lot of them can't talk about stocks that they're actually invested in at the time. So even if they wanted to give you good advice about a certain stock, if they have it in their own portfolio, they can't. So right. that's one downfall. And then the other one is there's so many different opinions out there. So that's why it's so important to me to be able to read a chart because charts can really tell you where to get in and out of a stock versus just people's opinions. I will say one benefit of CNBC though, is just knowing, knowing the news and knowing what's out there. So right. I like watching it just to stay on top of what's going on. So, oh, this company is having a new product come out or this company has earnings coming. This company um, just had their CEO fired, like Square. Who knew their CEO was gonna get fired and then, you know, or not their CEO, but you know, one of their high, high staff members would get fired and they would fall. But some of those things you don't know unless you're listening to the news. So it is important right. to know. Right. What did you learn from your beginning trade? Because you said you were losing money. What did you learn from those trades that allow you to make money now? 
So in my current program, we start with risk management because I found out that being able to protect yourself from losses is the first step to being able to make money. So one of the things I learned is quantities. A lot of times, because a stock is cheap, we'll get a whole lot of it. And we need to learn how to control our quantity sizes. Another thing is a lot of times we have FOMO and we'll start chasing a stock and we get in when it's high. And then, of course, you know, we're like, oh, my God, got to get in, got to get in. And as soon as you get in, it's going to fall because we're getting it when it's high. So those were two of the big mistakes. And of course, I have there's like six that I teach my students. But the biggest ones are getting into a stock when it was too high because inevitably I would get in and it would fall and then buying too many, and then, I, and then my risk is just way too high. Right. So, f- for example, one of my um, biggest losses, and I teach my students about this, was Pandora. And I had like 8,000 shares right before earnings, and then it dropped. But, if I, but even if it drops $1 and I have 8,000 shares, I automatically lose $8,000. But of course, in the beginning, I'm not thinking that way. I'm thinking I'm about to be rich because I have 8,000 shares. So, <laughs> so that's one of the biggest mistakes I see new traders make is, is their quantity size and not knowing how to calculate that correctly. Yeah. I, I've definitely experienced the getting in things that were hot, too high, and then losing money. And that kind mm-hmm. of instilled in me the idea of flipping that on its head. And so now what I do is I get in stuff that's ugly. And so I don't really buy stocks unless it's something that's like bad news, like the BP oil spill or the Chipotle situation where they had salmonella. Like those yep. are the stocks that I try to buy and I try to buy a lot of them. And I, I take that same philosophy and I apply it to real estate. And so like, I don't want to buy San Francisco. I don't want to buy even Austin, Texas. I don't want to buy markets that are just like hot hot i want to go and find like okay what are people overlooking right now what are people are like missing because i think that's the best opportunity when you were investing you said that you really you you're an advocate of taking courses what courses did you take in the beginning or what classes did you take so i took a course called um and yeah if y'all want to go to this this school Ask me about it. I'll, I'll send you a referral. But I went to a place called Online Trading Academy. And it was a good school, but their classes were like $20,000 per class. And what I found, though, is that sometimes they didn't have the best teachers. So you pay $20,000 for this course, you go in, and then a lot of people who'd never traded before just felt so confused. So they would come out, they've spent time off of work so they lost money (laughs) from their vacation time they spent all this money to get into the class and then they were coming out and not trading so I would see people come back in for a retake and it's like oh you know I spent all this money in the class but I haven't traded at all in the last year or I'd never started or I'm still in the simulator so one of the things that I found is I need to help people get off the get off the bench and be able to start trading a little faster and I don't think in the beginning that they should pay 20000 So, like, that's where I think my, my class comes in handy. It's that beginner foundations. Let's get you trading. Once you're good at it and you see some profits, now go take a class that's 20000 and be able to perfect the asset class. But that's where I went in the beginning. And I do, I do like their philosophy, but I think that you need a 
starter course before you jump in and it would be more valuable. Interesting. What books did you read to help you um, in your investing, I guess, journey? journey. (laughs) Right, exactly. That's the word, the investing journey. You know, I tried to read some of um, Jim Cramer's books, but I actually never got all the way through them because I think I was so convinced that I could come up with my own algorithm. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of traders, we come in and we think, oh man, you know, I'm going to come up with this new thing and I'm going to be able to trade better because I'm going to figure it out. But guys, you don't have to do that. For anybody listening, traders have been around for a long time. There are several strategies that we know work, like listen to someone that's been successful and just follow their plan. Like you don't have to restart the wheel. Um, but yeah, so I, I did not do that well. And now I know better and I'm able to teach my students better. Yeah. I, I feel like what I hear is that you learn by doing. Mm-hmm. And so you got out there, you took action, you figured out what worked, you figured out what didn't work. And a lot of people are so afraid of buying their Pandora that they never buy anything or they never really make a move that could potentially lose them money, which ultimately makes them not make a move that's going to make them money. Do you think that people will allow fear to get in the way of becoming a successful trader? Oh, definitely. Fear stops you from trades that you should have took that really would have done well, but it makes you so afraid to just even start. And then fear also um, makes people lose a lot of money because once they make a bad trade, they stay in it too long, just hoping that it'll get better and not wanting to take the loss. Right. So fear is, yeah, fear is a killer of all things, including mindsets. And it's definitely something that's an enemy of trading. Um, But the only way, one suggestion I have though to get over fear is to just start by trading in a simulator. So like one of the things I teach all of my students, as we're learning, we're going to trade in a simulator. You're going to trade with fake money. And then within the, the second week, they're already trading. Like their, their homework assignment is to send me their first five trades. So like start in a simulator, start practicing what you're learning. And then once you see that it's, it's going well, then start with your real money. And by that time, you'll have built up your confidence a little bit. But yes, I see fear hurt us on so many different levels as traders. What do you think prevents people from people who want to invest, who want to trade from investing in a coach? And what do you think are the benefits of investing with a coach? Great question. So I think one of the reasons why people don't get coaches is a couple things. One, I think people are afraid that they don't have time to invest. And so like, and this just stops them from investing in general. They're like, oh man, especially with trading, they're, they're thinking that it's going to take a long time. You have to do all this research. But one of the things they don't know is that with time, you actually, if I teach you how to read a chart, that shortens your time like 10, 10% like, or 50% because reading a chart is so much faster than having to look through all the research of a company. So I can help you figure out how to lower your time then some people think they don't have the money. But I can show them how to open a margin account. With a margin account, you get to trade with four times the amount of cash in the account because you're trading the bank's money. And a lot of people don't get in because they're thinking, well, I don't have enough. But you really do have enough. And you can make money with any amount that you have in your account. 
So I think that's two things. They don't think they have time and they don't think they have money. And then I think one other piece of it is a lot of traders, we are self-motivated. We are, I like to say hustlers, like at heart, like, you know, we want to go out, we want to make money, we like to win. And I think there's a piece of it that thinks that we can, we can do it on our own. So we just don't want to look for help because we, we think we could figure it out. Um, but why spend so much time figuring it out, figuring that, figuring it out by yourself when you could have just gotten help and shortened that time to start winning sooner. So I think those are three reasons why we don't. And then the reason why we should, of course, is shorten the amount of time it takes to start being successful, lower your losses. Like you don't have to do a Pandora, my Pandora, if I can teach you how to protect your losses. So it'll help you save money by getting a coach. And then also just that accountability and camaraderie. I think sometimes as traders, like there's no one else you can talk to that will really get it. You know, like you, you do this great trade. Like last week I did this trade on Boeing and I like doubled my profits, but nobody gets it like a trader. They're like, Oh right. my God, you were in Boeing, you know? <laughs> um, right. So that piece too helps. Right. I think that that's really important. So my, my question is, because last time when we had a conversation, we talked about people who invested in your course and ended up making as much money as the course costed in like a week. So can you talk to us a little, yeah. a little bit about that? Sure. And I actually have a student today who she just told me she made 400% on her Facebook trade this past two weeks. And so she wasn't even, I didn't even know about that one. Um, but we've had three students in the last two weeks who emailed me and told me they made over $25,000. So one of them, I taught her how to short stocks. So that's making money when the stocks go down. So she actually made money when Amazon, after Amazon reported, when it went down, she was able to make money that whole ride down. Um, and she made $1 away from $2,600. Wow. So super proud of her in one day. So yeah, she totally paid for her course plus some. Um, awesome. Um, another student, brand new student, he's only been trading with me for, I think like three weeks. He made money in NVIDIA, I believe. Um, it might, I have to check again, but he made, I believe it was 25, 2,500 and something. And then another student sent me a message and she was like, yeah, Terry, I made some money. I'm thinking she made something small. She sent me the picture. It's $2,700 <laughs> that she made. So they're doing really well just following the steps that I've taught them. Yeah, I think that that's really cool. It, it's great to hear. And what's really interesting is that like a lot of people, when they do what you've done, they keep it to themselves. They're like, I'm just going to ball out on you with Gucci. I'm just going to live my best life on Instagram. You can click like, you can see me winning, but you like are really giving back. You have a, a passion to give back. You have a passion to help other people. And I think that's really cool to see. I mean, just coming on this podcast, most people aren't going to do that. And I think that's really cool just to kind of see what, whatever, what, all, what all is taking place in this last I guess, few years of just what I call the renaissance. <laughs> Thank you. I, you know what's crazy? I think I realized that teaching is my superpower. 
I was running away from it for a long time, but I get energy when I see them doing well. And when I get their messages about like, oh man, you know, I did this and you said that. And the, the girl I was telling you about on, fa- on Facebook, Facebook trade, she said, but Terry, the thing is you put a post up that said, focus on your winners. And I remembered that when I made my trade, oh, stuff like that. Like you can't, you can't buy stuff like that. That's amazing. So it's, it's just been a, a joy. It's been really fun to teach awesome. people. So before we talk about your actual trading history, you received an award for Entrepreneur of the Year. Can you talk to us about why you won that award and what that award meant? I was pretty, I was pretty amazed and shocked to win it. Uh, during, when, during, the cer- during the ceremony, they read a note that someone had put in for like my selector. And she actually talked about how much I had given back, about how, how I had done free courses in the beginning and how... Like every time I get a chance, I was volunteering. And even though I was making all this money, like nobody knew because I was serving. And yeah, it was just, it was amazing to hear the, the letter being read of my nomination. So I think it was cool to see that people, people see what I've been up to and they're really thankful for it. So Yep. Entrepreneur of the Year for the National Black MBA Association. Very cool. Very cool. Did you have any mentors that you worked with while you were getting started? Yes, I will say I did. Um, At Online Trading Academy, one of the founders, I would go into his office every now and again, and he would give me advice. So one of the advice he gave me was, because I really was ready to quit my job, He was like, wait a year, practice, get really good for one more year, and then leave. So that's one advice I'll give you guys, too. If you're trading, don't think that it's going to happen right away. Like, it'll take time. So if you have some other source of income, keep working while you're learning to trade on the side and then leave. So I thought that was great advice that he gave. And then um, he traded for 20 years on. on the New York Stock Exchange. So one other advice he gave me was whenever I'm looking at stocks that I should, um, his was also about the quantity. He was like, make sure that you manage your quantity size. You can always add more, but you can't take out less. (laughs) So when you're starting to get into a trade, it's okay to scale up. You don't have to like jump all in at one time. Um, so he was a great advisor. He no longer works at Online Trading Academy, but he was a, a great advisor in the beginning. And then um, I also shout out Danielle Leslie. She doesn't even know she was an advisor for me, but I saw one of her online. She has like these webinars about how to start an online course. And I saw one of them and I was just so inspired. So she was the reason why I decided to take my content online to reach more people. So right. I'll give her a shout out too. That's cool. She's a cool Ooh. person. Have what you met her before? I've never met her, but I just kind of follow her on the Instagram. I sent her a DM once and she responded to my DM, but I haven't like actually met her in person though. That's cool. She like I haven't met her either, but like she's doing really cool things. So she's an inspiration for me from afar. <laughs> what was your most oh, okay. successful trade? My most successful trade was trading the SP on no actually it was amazon 
It was trading Amazon on January 2nd of this year. I made over $35,000 in a day. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's impressive. It was nice. Yeah, I actually filmed it. Like I recorded my screen because I knew that I was going to like be doing some tapings this year. So if you want it, I can send it your way and show you what it looked like. It was a great trade. It was like, so, it went up. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm listening. Oh, go listening. ahead. This is the, the you show. <laughs> it, it went up to $19,000 within the first um, like minute of me owning it. And then I sold half, and by noon it had gone up another eighteen. Like it had gone back up to eighteen thousand. So it was an awesome trade, and I I worked like less than two hours that day. It wow. was it was amazing. Wow. Mm -hmm. So when, that was a good trade. One. <laughs> are you looking for a catalyst? Are you looking for earnings? Are you looking for just what are you? What are you? What's your goal? What are you aiming for? Sure. So. I'm a technical trader all the way. So I'm looking at charts. And when I am looking at a chart, I can tell exactly where the price is going. So I know a level where there's buyers and those buyers are where the banks are buying. We're not thinking about retail investors. We're thinking about banks because the only person who can move a candle is a big bank. So we're looking at, okay, where are the banks buying? Because that's where I want to buy. And then where are the banks selling? Because that's where I want to sell. So I had you know, set up my chart already before the beginning of the day. And that day it started off by dropping 300 points and it fell into my zone. So I took the trade right there. And then within that day, it like bounced back up. I want to say it bounced back up at least three to 400 points. So it did like a complete reversal off of that zone. So I'm a technical trader. I'm looking at where the buyers and sellers are on a chart. And then that's what I'm following. Have you ever heard the phrase that they've never seen a rich trader? I haven't. Oh. I, I feel like I know where it's going, but I haven't. <laughs> no, I haven't because, because, I mean, I've always been a fundamental investor. It sounds like you, you aren't. There's, for people who are listening, like there's typically two types of trading, fundamentals and technical traders. And you're a technical trader, but you're very successful at doing it. And that's why I was so enthusiastic about talking to you because, I mean, I'm a big Kramer person. And so I've been following Kramer and Kramer's a fundamentalist. He looks at P ratios. He looks at all that stuff. He's really big on that kind of stuff. He's like big on earnings, big on the actual company behind it. Not so much the, the technicals behind it. Do you think that there's a crossover though? For some reason, I think there's a crossover between the technical aspect and the fundamentals of the company. Do you agree or what's your take on yeah. that? I definitely agree. And I definitely think Jim Cramer knows how to read a chart too. He may not teach that on, on the show, but when you listen to him, he, when he ran his hedge fund, he knew how to read a chart. He knew right. how to read the technicals. Right. Um, right. But one of the things that is really important for me is I trade companies that are value stocks. So I want, I'm not going to look at a technical chart of a penny stock because that's not a good stock. So the first part of my course is how to pick a good company. And so I will be looking at fundamentally all the stocks I trade, you would probably also trade, but just right. you would be trading them for the long run. I'll be trading them to get short income on a daily or weekly basis. And it's still like, you know, when you look at the fundamentals of, of Amazon, you think it's good. I think it's good too, but I'm just trading it on a shorter time frame. 
Does that make sense? So they do, for me anyway, they do overlap. Mm -hmm. And I try to stick to like no more than 20 to 30 stocks in my watch list. And I get really familiar with those. So I'm not just trying to find every stock that comes my way. I know that these are 30 really good stocks that no matter what, these are good companies. And now I'm going to trade them. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because I'm kind of the same way. I don't call myself a trader, but I definitely watch the chart. And I've found that there's a lot of value in watching the chart. Al Pickett's huge on it. And he's a chart type guy, not just in regards to the actual stock market, but he does a lot of Forex trading. But he's very mm -hmm. successful. Do you know Al Pickett? No, I don't. But I know that once you know how to read a chart, you can use it for any asset class. So you can use it right. for Forex, right. futures, options, but you just got to learn Real how to estate. read the chart first. <laughs> yeah. Charting is awesome. I kind of felt like I was cheating because, I mean, you just preach so much from Jim Cramer to look at the fundamentals. And you start looking at a chart and you're like, I see what's going on here. Like, I really see mm -hmm. like where the trend is heading. I see all these different things you, have to, you start to look at. What's interesting about being a chart person is how the chart changes based off of the time period that you're looking at. So yeah. if you look at it on like a, a one week or you look at like a one day, one week, one month, three months, six months, you can see a downtrend or you can see an uptrend. You can see it flat. Mm -hmm. What do you make of that? I think you should look at different time frames based on how long you want to hold the stock. So, for example, if I'm thinking that I'm going to hold this stock for a week, then I may look at the daily chart and the weekly chart. And I might even look at monthly just to get a trend. But if I'm holding it for a day, I may look at just the daily and the 15 minute chart. So I think that when you're looking at candles, whenever you have like more time in the candle, you get stronger data. So if I'm looking at a daily chart, those zones are going to be a lot stronger than a 15 minute chart just because I have more data in the daily candles. But you can still see the same formations, the same trends. And either one, it just depends how long you want to hold the stock. And I, I mean, I can teach more about that, but, but the candle timeframes will change depending on how long you want to hold the trade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you still trade while you're on vacation? Or do you just kind of vacation while you're on vacation? I usually trade while I'm on vacation. This is the first time, I think, in like a year and a half where I've told myself I'm not going to trade while I'm visiting my family. So like right now I'm doing this like family and friends tour and I told myself I'm going to take the month off. But I can say that because in January I did, did some good things. So I have the ability to just stop trading. Right. Um, but usually I, I like to trade. Like it's fun to me. So usually I'm up when the market's up. And then I try not to watch the screen all day. Like I can usually trade, get my trades in and do what I need in like less than two to four hours um, and then just live the rest of my life. But yeah, I'm trying really hard not to trade this time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The crazy part about trading as you're successful as a trader is it completely blows the idea of exchanging time for money out of the water. Like you said, you made, $35,000 in two hours and then you see somebody else and they'll work two hours and they'll make 40 bucks. And so it's like, it can kind of feel like you're cheating sometimes. Mm -hmm. or like you're just cheating life. Like there's this life hack 
Do you ever feel like that? It can. It can. Um, I was talking to my little brother recently and he was talking about like how much he was making an hour. And in my mind, I was like, man, like if I could just, if we could get him a sum of money and I can teach him how to trade, like just imagine what he could do in that same hour of time. Mm -hmm. Um, So it definitely does. And like one of the mindsets I had to teach my traders like I would ask them, well, how did you do today? And one of them was like, oh, I didn't do that well. I only made like $200. And another one was like, oh, you know, I did okay, but not rich. I only made about $80. But I had to remind them minimum wage is like $8 an hour in Texas. So that $80 is 10 hours of work for someone. You just save yourself 10 hours of work by just making $80. Like that's huge, but it's a mindset shift. You have to understand and put in perspective, well, what is a lot of money? Right. When you think about it that way, it changes. It's it's definitely a mindset shift, but it's like you're walking into a whole new level of thinking because it's like, I remember voice walking saying like, if Donald Trump, son wants money he doesn't think i need to put in the application he thinks i need to start a business i need to take this idea and take it to market and so you have to kind of take this changing time for money mentality just kick it out the window like f that mentality how can i make as much money in as least time as possible and trading helps you do that and so you shouldn't really see it as as it's unfair it's just a whole other way of living and if you really want to live at that level, you just got to learn how to adapt that level of thinking where you can make $5,000 in a night. You can make $10,000 in a day. You can make however much money and it's real and it doesn't have to be unrealistic because you just have to kind of flip your thinking on top of his head, which is very interesting because what, I mean, I just, I've experienced it as well. Yeah. And what makes it not unfair is the fact that everybody can do it. Like, Anybody over the age of 18 can open a brokerage account and anyone can, you know, can learn how to trade. So it's not unfair because it's open and available to everyone. It's just who has that initiative to go out and learn how to do it and take it for themselves. So I think that's where also it takes out the unfairness because we can all do it. I like it. I like it. I like it. What is the most challenging trade that you ever had? Mm. That's a weird question, but. I have some thoughts to it. So I shared with you already the Pandora trade and it was actually the best day of my life, but the worst trade of my life. Um, I was in Thailand. It was the festival where you it's like the big lanterns festival so we all put up these lanterns and we like put our wishes in and I was like wishing for like success and wealth (laughs) and then everybody left to go out to get drinks and different things and I had to go work because the time difference is different so like it was late at night like I think like midnight or two that I had to go and work at night but I went to go see the market open and inevitably overnight Pandora had lost, I think it had lost 25% that day. And so for me, that meant like it had lost $2.50. I had 8,000 shares. So I had lost like $20,000 overnight and there was nothing that I could even do about it because the market wasn't even open. 
And then once it did open, I panicked. So I called my mom instead of actually managing the trade and I'm sobbing while it's going down further. (laughs) So I just didn't manage the trade right. I didn't manage my emotions right. And I didn't take the proper risk management steps on the front end to protect myself from even getting into that place. So now, of course, it was a big learning experience, though, because now I'm like, okay, these are the steps that you take to not get yourself into that position. And these are the steps that you take if you do accidentally do it and you need to manage the trade. Like, how do you do that better? And the only reason why I'm still trading is because in that moment when I was sobbing on the phone, my mom was like, but how are you going to get your money back if you quit right now? And I was like, oh, I guess I guess you're right. So I decided to go back in and and start learning again. Um, So that was probably one of the most difficult trades. And then another one that I had actually more. Before, I want to know how you made the money back. Slowly but surely. So what I had to remind myself is that this is not a get rich quick scheme. So I, I started like honing back in on, okay, let me go for it. Go with the charts. I was trying to get rich quick. I was trying to play earnings. And that's not, that's not smart. That's not any of my rules. That's not looking at my chart. That's not earnings <laughs> anything. Scary stuff. Earn, earnings can do well for you. And it also can eat your lunch. It can. It can blow up your account quick. Um, so I just had to go back to basics. And then for me, when I first started, my goal was $300 a day. So instead of trying to win big I went back to basics let me see if I can just make $300 a day and when when you get consistent when you're when you're good at being consistent with small things then some of my big wins would come even when I wasn't trying so I'm going for $300 a day but I actually get a thousand dollars a day and actually that became more consistent I was like oh wait I'm I'm getting a thousand dollars every day but my goal was starting small versus trying to just get rich on one day right does that answer your question it does but i want to hear the other trade that you were going to say you're going to talk about after pandora mm. um so i've been trying to Before learn I cut you off. oh <laughs> um i've been trying to learn things that are new so i really do think for traders like once you get something down then you should try to do something new. There's always like something new you can learn, a new skill, a new asset class. So lately I've been learning how to do credit spreads. And so my trajectory was first it was stocks, then it was options. Now that I'm familiar with options, now I'm learning how to do credit spreads. And um, credit spreads are their own, own beast because you really do have to manage your emotions. They're supposed to be the type of trade where you can really set it and forget it because you put a credit spread far away. Um, But what I've learned is I get so nervous that the price is going to hit my credit spread that I start like messing with it too fast and then lose money. So I think one of my biggest things that I've been tackling lately is learning how to be successful with credit spreads. And I'm actually getting there. Like I've actually been doing pretty well with credit spreads. Um, last week I had a day where I made like 18,000 on a credit spread, but, um, which was crazy. Um, but it's really one of those things where I'm learning how to manage my emotions even more than I used to, because when you do the steps, 
you just have to like trust this, trust the process, trust your strategy, trust your steps. Don't go in later and try to manipulate things. You might even have to like put your phone away, stop looking at the charts and just trust yourself. So that's, I think that's something new that I've been really honing in on how to trust and manage your emotions. What Mm -hmm. is a credit spread? Oh, (laughs) Um, a credit spread. So let's see how to best, best describe it. So do you know, you know, in football, you have the field goal. And as long as the ball gets anywhere inside the field goal, you score, right? So that's the same thing with a credit spread. You decide that as long as price does not come to this, this place, so say we're trading Netflix. I did a credit spread in Netflix. I can say, I can sell a call and say, as long as it doesn't come to 350 then I'm going to keep $200. Like, I'm going to keep this money as long as it doesn't get to this price. And you can do that for selling calls. And you can also sell puts on the bottom side that says, as long as it doesn't come down mm. to $300, then I make money. And so that's your field goal. That's like your two field goal posts. And then during the day, you're just waiting to see if price stays within those er- within that area. If it stays inside, then you get to keep the money from both of your, your uh, trades, mm. your spreads. So that's what that's what that is. Have you made more money trading stocks or trading options? I've made more consistent money trading stocks. Um, I've made probably I've probably could say I've made more money trading options, but they they're just unreliable. <laughs> My more yeah. consistent money comes from trading stocks. Right. And I say that for anybody who doesn't know options, the reason why is because options, like the value of the option, it's also, it's not just based on the stock price, it's based on volatility, it's based on time value. So if time. any of those things go against you, then you lose your money. So right. it's just not as predictable as actual stock. Yeah. That's one mm-hmm. thing that I've, I've learned. Like, I love options for the upside potential and I hate it for the downside potential. <laughs> I hate that you can yes. all your money, but I love that you can amplify your, your gains. It's just amazing when it wins. Yeah. That's, that's why I'm excited though about these credit spreads because you don't have to be all the way right. Like with a regular option, it has to go up a certain amount and you have to be right. But with a credit spread, you just don't have to be like, it just can't come to where you think it won't go. And so that's been kind of nice about the credit spreads. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and I do, I do so, teach options now. I used to not, but now I have right. like an advanced course that teaches options. So that's pretty wow. cool. I love mm-hmm. it. You talk to us, give us a rundown of everything that your course kind of covers. Sure. So there's two courses. The intro course, and this would be good for anybody who's a newbie, or someone who maybe has traded before, but it wasn't really successful. So that's my flagship trade and travel course. And it starts with intro to the stock market. And that's everything from how to open your brokerage account to how to pick good companies and then trading. And that's the first course where I say at the end of that course, you are trading in the simulator and you are sending me your trade. So at the end of the first two weeks, you're trading. But then we build on that. So then we go into risk management. How do you not lose your money (laughs) how do you like save more of the money in your account 
And then from there, we go to charts and technical analysis. And then once you've mastered the chart, it's like, okay, now where do you go from here? How do I get even better? So that's the trade and travel course. That's the intro course. And then the next course is the advanced VIP program. And that's where we talk about shorting. So how do you make money when the stock goes down? We talk about options. How do you make money on bundles of stock? So that's options. And then we talk about some other advanced technical analysis techniques like gaps and uh, Globex trading and things like that. So like all of those are pieces that I've used to, to be really successful in trading. I like it. Very cool. And what are the prices on those, mm -hmm. on those classes? Sure. The intro, the intro class is 2000 and then the VIP program is 5,000. And some people may ask, yeah, Oh sure. man, Terry, why did you, huh? Oh, <laughs> um, some people may ask, well, Terry, why did you charge, you know, that amount? But if I make, if I teach you how to make just a hundred dollars a day, that's $500 a week and an extra $2,000 a month. But that's $24,000 a month that I've taught you just by this one, I mean, a year that I've taught you just by this one class. And you can make that every year for the rest of your life because this is like hey, a skill set. Yes, you can leave a legacy, all those things. So $2,000 for a continual $24,000. And then just imagine as you get better, now you're making $200 a day and you're making $300 a day. That's how much I needed to quit my job. So now you're replacing your income and actually paying off debt and building goals and buying houses with, with Charles. Like this is when it like <laughs> continually grows. So 2000 is just a drop in the bucket of what you can make right. with the course like this. I think mm -hmm. I, I so that's what like I charge. At this, point, at this point in my career, I see a lot of value in investing in people who can teach you to win. And what's really interesting is there are a lot of people who will teach you, but they don't really want you to win. And I don't want to say that in like a mean way, but there are people who will teach you like history that doesn't apply to you. They'll teach you math that you're not going to use. They'll teach you all these different subjects. But these days with social media, you have access to people who are going to teach you things that are going to change your life. And so I, I really want to implore people to invest the money into people who have a vested interest in seeing you win. It's like Terry said, like she talks to her students and she wants to see like, how are your trades working out for you? It's not just like, pay me the money. Here's the course. Good luck. It's a continual yeah. coaching mentorship. It's like a family process. Anybody who deals with what we're doing becomes a part of the family. Somebody sent me an email and they said, Hey, I'm having a hard time getting the access to the coaching and consulting link. And so I just sent them the information. I didn't say, Hey, you got to shoot the PayPal. I've told people, if you've worked with me in the past, you have access to me indefinitely. So um, mm -hmm. I really feel like Hood exactly. Estate, Terry, Erica, myself, Charm City Buyers, Nita, you really should be putting money back into your community because they're going to kick it right back to you. It, it really isn't even, a, it's not a loss. She's going to help you make the money in the first six months. You're going to make it back. So Right. And what kind of investment do you get your money back? Like, that's really cool. And for right. me, like my right. students, they like I literally talk to them every week. So if there's a concept that they're not getting, they told me the other day I was uh, having them teach me back the technical analysis, but they were missing some steps. So I told them, you know what, guys, that's on me as a teacher. That means that I haven't taught you well enough. 
So I'm going to go back and I'm going to revamp my program so that it'll be easier for you to understand. And that's the, I want to coach in that way. I want them to be better. I'm going to kind of transition into the closing questions. Okay. So the first question is, what is the best advice you would give to somebody who's looking to obtain financial freedom at an early age or at all? Honestly, learn to invest your money so that your money will work for you. Because as you go into your career and you get bonuses, you get um, 401k matches, you get money from family members. As you are able to grow your income bracket, you want to be able to actually make that money grow too and make it work for you. So I would say learn to invest early so that you can start making it roll over and, and make returns fast. Right. That's the header for the show. I love it. That's something I've talked about so many times. I always tell people like, Hey, the bonuses, the tax refunds, the windfalls, don't spend them on Louis Vuitton, spend them on your legacy put them into the stock market, put them into real estate, and then live off of the gains because so many people, they live their whole lives without having that nest egg to put into the market. But they don't realize like you had the nest egg. You just spent the nest egg. Like it's coming to your position. You've seen it. It just is gone now. (laughs) It came in and out of your account. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Who is somebody that you look up to and why? I honestly look up to Oprah Winfrey. And I know it sounds so cliche, but I love that she started her own business. I love that she knew how to fight for herself and not just accept what the network was taking from her. And I love now that she gives back into so many organizations. So she, mm-hmm. she's somebody I look up to. Right. I kind of get the Oprah vibe from you. But what's really cool. Thank you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) What's cool is like, as we learn more about how she did it, like everybody knew she was rich, but we assumed it was because she had a talk show, not because of all the things she did into getting her talk show. And for me, it's not so much in like the, wow, look at Oprah. It's so much in like, hey, look what we can do too. And so like, I think that that's Mm -hmm. why like the more that I learned about Oprah, I'm impressed with Oprah, but not so much just like, like I said, like, it's not so much like, Hey, let's just clap for her and revere her. Like, yes, we should do that. But it's also like, Hey, you listening to this show, if you have an idea, you can do it too. Hey, you listening to this show, if you have skills, if you have talent and your job is not paying you at the level they should be, you can do it too. So that's why I like the Oprah's, the Tyler Perry's. It's really cool how she's been helping Tyler Perry kind of build his brand as well. I think it's important. Yeah. I like that she's a community builder. Like she's quick to bring somebody else in and let them shine too. So Mm -hmm. like even, um, who's the psychiatrist? Dr. Phil. Um, Yeah. Even Dr. Phil, like she brought him in and then, um, now he then let him have his own show. Like she, she's okay with sharing her platform. So I love that about Mm -hmm. her too. It's not just, oh, I'm the only one. No, let's bring in all these people. I want to expose you to all these different people and set them up too. So I really like that. Right. I think she might be the person who really put the whole Rich Dad, Poor Dad movement into motion just by putting him on the show. 
I did not know that, but every one of her books becomes bestsellers. So like she like right. sponsors so many people through that way. Right. The crazy part about it, and the since we're talking about Oprah, talking about talk shows, talking about all those things, is you can really achieve success by putting other people on because you become associated with that person. Like people will always associate me with the guy who interviewed Juan Pablo or me with the guy who interviewed Terry. Like when you create a platform that puts other people and gives them exposure, like you win too. And you you don't have to, like, I really can't imagine my show getting as many listens if it was just me talking. Like I can only talk so much. I only have so much experience. You can only talk about Chase. You can only talk about Edward Jones for so much. But when you bring in somebody who's been to MIT and you start talking about MIT, like it takes my show and it makes it now we're MIT show. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you, you got your own platform. I am, I am humbled to be associated with you, but thank you so much. Cause you're, you're, you're right. It's a, it's a community thing. Everybody wins and there's no shortage. We can all win. We can all win. 100% 100% we can all 100% win what is your favorite business book I'm reading uh the four-hour work week right now because I'm getting to that point where I can actually start having a four-hour work week so yes. right now it's my favorite but I will say every time I get a new book it becomes my new favorite but that's the one in this season that I think really is speaking to my soul because that's what I've been able to work towards I think it'll be so awesome to see you create a business that trades on your behalf while you live wherever you want to live. Won't that be awesome? I, I'm excited to just have some of my students start being my teachers. Like I want to train them so well that they can run all my coaching calls. They can run everything and it just works without me. That'd, That'd be, be great awesome. for them and, and me. I want that for you. That'd be really cool. Thank you. <laughs> what sets apart those who are successful traders from those who give up, fail, or never get started? One mindset, for sure. Um, having a long-term mindset versus a short-term mindset. So a long-term mindset says, I can consistently make a small amount every day and it will eventually lead to big gains. Um, or excuse me, a, a, that's a long-term mindset. A short-term mindset is, oh my God, you know, I need to make a million dollars this week. And so I'm going to put all my eggs into this one stock and it just better work out. Um, the ones who have that long-term mindset that this is a skill that I will have the rest of my life. This is a skill that I can continue to build upon those are the ones that are more successful because they have higher win rates and it might be smaller. Um, they might have smaller wins, but they have 80% win rates. Like they, they're more calculated. So I think mindset is a big thing. And then just that initiative and tenacity. When I teach you what to do, can you go out and do it immediately? Like my best students are the ones that are like, Terry, you said this yesterday and I tried it today and bam, I won. The ones that are slow to action or don't really like take heed or they're like, oh, you know, I heard you, but I just wasn't ready. Those miss out on some really good trades because 
I'll be on a group call like, y'all, this is the setup. Take this now. The ones who do it, they actually are successful. So that would be the other piece, that initiative and like that no fear. What's the worst that could happen? You know, just try it. I feel like so that's the best the answer that I've ever gotten. To. That's, that's the best answer I've ever gotten to the question on this show. That was very good. It was very detailed. And I think it's applicable to everybody's life who's listening to this show. So many people are afraid of taking action. So many people, they get the news and they sit on the news. So people listening, take action right now. What does wealth mean to you? Wealth is a platform that I can use to build the ministry of God. So it is having what I need to empower God's people and to build legacies and to move things forward. It's not not something that I just sit on. It's not something that I hoard for myself. It's not even something that I use to buy the biggest material things. Having wealth is how do you continue to build legacies, build people, build movements, and being able to do that without thinking. Like you just have the access to do that. Yeah. Very cool. Kind of like Oprah. This... Man, thank you for coming on the show. We had two conversations leading up to this show, more than I've had with anybody before, but it was very cool to get on because I think it makes for a better interview. Like, I know who you are. I know how you talk. I know how we communicate. So I think it made for a better show. It's so funny when I get like halfway through the show, I look at the time and I'm like, I got to keep going. So I want to make it an hour show. And then you look up and we're like 45 minutes past the line. So you lose track of time when you're having a good conversation. Hopefully you guys got a lot of value out of this conversation. Terry is somebody you want to know. She's somebody who I think is going to help a lot of people and she's already helping a lot of people. And if you um, are interested in working with her, she's going to give you the details for how you can get in contact with her shortly. But before we get there, where can people find out more about you and all your organizations? The first place to start is itradeandtravel.com. I've built out that website so that you can learn a little bit about my class and then you can also sign up to get more information because I send out like a regular newsletter and different things that are coming up, um, whether that's free webinars or other things that are coming out. So that's the first place to go, itradeandtravel.com. And then my company is Invest with Terry. So you can go to my website or check me out on Instagram. That's really when you get the tea. So Instagram, my Instagram name is I'm an investor, period. Like, that's it. I'm, I am a N investor. And that's on Instagram or Facebook is Facebook invest with Terry. That's my Facebook group. Nice. For the longest time, I thought your name was Imani. Like I'm an investor. You know, what's crazy though. Like I looked up what Imani means and it means faith. So I'm okay with being a money investor. Like that's faith investor. And I think that that speaks to me too. So either way it's fine, but I, it was supposed to be, I'm an investor. <laughs> right. Is your last name African Ichioma? It is. I'm Nigerian. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My, Nigerian, my dad is. Not, yeah. Yeah. We, we rule the world. No, <laughs> Y'all they know I'm, I'm silly. They I'm do. Silly. <laughs> They really but do. Yes, Nigerian my daddy actually lives in Nigeria now. <laughs> Very cool. 
you ever go back? I do. The last time I went back was 2013, but I need to go back okay. again. So soon, probably this year, next year, I really want to get back. Awesome. I need to go back to Africa. I'm not sure where in Africa I want to go, but I definitely want to go to um, either Ghana, um, Nigeria. Where else? I heard Kenya is really nice. I heard Kenya is beautiful. I heard, is yeah. it is it Nairobi or what? There's an island that a lot of people have been going to that's right off of the coast of East Africa. Do you know what island that sure. is? I'm not sure. I have to look it up too, but I hear that it's beautiful. Yeah. I hear it's beautiful. Like to check it out. We got to travel Are more you Nigerian though? Not, I no, mean, are you, are you African? No. Where's well, your last African name American. come from? I get that all the time. It's so funny. I have a friend named Tokes. His name is Tokenbo Ogunyoku. We were freshmen in college. And you know, when you're a freshman, they have like your name on the door. And he walked mm-hmm. into the room and it said Charles Oglesby. And he was like, who's Oglesby? <laughs> he was like, he must be my brother. <laughs> right? I was like, right. Nah, I, I thought probably, you I probably too. am. But yeah i'll just i'll just accept it because there's a lot of good things that come with being associated with being nigerian so yeah i'm nigerian yes Yes. there you go there you go we accept you we'll adopt you (laughs) in school though like i'm I'm half and half i'm like african and african-american so i always used to be like yes i'm african and i'm regular black both (laughs) it's different very cool so this is episode 92. Hopefully I said 92 at the head of the episode. This is a great show. I love doing this. I love the five-star reviews we've been getting. I just looked and we had like like 83 five-star reviews. So keep those coming. Keep them. Um, I know a lot of people listen to this show. Not a, people, not a lot of people review the show. We appreciate the reviews. We appreciate the comments. We re- appreciate the subscriptions. We try to reply to each comment. And we love the DM feedback we get. So many lives are being changed. So many people listen to this show every single week. Lives are being changed. I just got a message from somebody. He sent me a message and he said, hey, I've been listening to the show. And I want to let you know that like, I took action about my first rental property. And I was like okay. blown away because we just we record this on a microphone. At first, I didn't even have a microphone. The very first show, I literally put my iPhone on the top of my computer and just talk to somebody on speakerphone and we're still growing. We're still scaling. We still have a lot further to go, but the point is that the message is getting out to people. Lives being changed. Contact Terry at I'm an investor on Instagram. Also, we are going to have a link in the show notes so that you can get a deal. I think we're, we're offering 20% off. Yeah, I think it's 25% off actually. Oh, there we go. So 25% off. So if you guys use our link, you get 25% off, which is more than worth it. You're going to make your money back and you're going to set your life and your family on trajectory towards generational wealth. My name is Charles Oglesby, also known as Todd Maynard. You can find us at www.capitaltodd.com. If you're interested in joining either of the investment clubs, either for stock or for real estate, email us at membership at capitaltodd.com or property management at capitaltodd.com. My name is Charles Oglesby, also known as Todd Millionaire. Honorary Nigerian signing off.